We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Maddie was absolutely stunned to see the early line on the Chiefs-Bills game at home for the Chiefs. Let's talk about You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Look, an Emprise Bank debit card is good anywhere. Why worry about the nearest building when you can pick a trusted company that cares about the KC Metro? Debit card options to choose from, a new mobile app with all kinds of features. Emprise Bank goes wherever you go and can be your trusted partner wherever you live. They are our trusted partner with uh, with the KCSN Draft Guide. They're absolutely wonderful. Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partner in Possible. Uh, Maddie Lane is here with me. Find him on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Maddie, how was your 4th of July? Uh, not, like, you know, did not a lot happen. I, at this age, with a bunch of animals, with some kids, you know, like we try to watch some fireworks from afar, but animals don't love fireworks i don't know if you guys know that dogs especially but most animals aren't big fans of fireworks we didn't do we didn't do a whole lot but overall it was good it was nice to have the day off it was good to spend some time with the family get outside a little bit it was hot very hot here how about how about yours ken did you did you do anything fun what were you doing i uh i went on another road trip with the family maddie Mm. was calling me travel can't right before the show and yeah i traveled uh again so cue the I, he'll go anywhere was that motel six jingle what was that jingle i forget who it was from but i think it was a motel six thing i don't know i'll be fascinated to see if you can find that by the end of the show um because i really am curious now but yeah no i went to michigan i drove uh, 11 hours a little bit more than 11 hours uh in the car with my two kids and my wife it was fun we had a good time uh the kids are actually doing pretty good on these road trips even the i, I got an almost one-year-old and he actually he held up all right. But so, yeah, we had a good time. Uh, we obviously didn't have a show on the 4th of July. I, we all debated it. 
I mean, actually, Maddie and Maddie and Craig debated it, uh, but uh, I I couldn't I couldn't have made it. I was literally like I had no reception out there. Honestly, Craig and I did talk about having a show for you guys. We didn't know what we were going to talk about at the time. That's why we didn't like you know like I get it. Without Hollywood, it would have been a subpar show anyway because you know Kit wouldn't have been here. But we would have tried. We would have tried to pull through. But like, oh, you would have killed it. Craig I, and I had no idea what to talk about. It was like the. I mean, it was like the. You know, like uh, how many people are gonna hang out on the Fourth of July? You know, you never know. So. uh but thank you for uh, for listening to this fine program today, and we appreciate you. And we are continuing our uh, our season preview. Uh, we're going week by week. Uh, we have gone through the first four weeks of the season, and we are going to preview week five and six. Week five is a Monday night football matchup. The Las Vegas Raiders at home. Matthew, what do you think about the quality of the roster? So first of all, we have an update. Um, it was comfort in, and it's I've been everywhere. So close. Oh, I was in the I was in the ballpark. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's you this summer. Okay. So I'm I like how you equate up. one of the best songs ever to you a commercial. Act like I have heard that song anywhere, but a comfort in commercial that I don't oh, remember. That is. Are hilarious. you kidding me? So oh. the quality roster, the quality of the roster of the Las Vegas Raiders, not shabby. Not great. Somewhere in the middle, there's a lot of highs. There's a lot of lows. And I think that kind of explains why the the Raiders have kind of been where they are these past few years, right? Like you start to look through their offense. They have some serious weapons with Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. Excuse me. Derek Carr has been fine at quarterback. Josh Jacobs, Darren Wallet. They have guys that can absolutely help an offense. They can be the core of an offense. But then you look to the offensive line and it's just bad. It's Colton Miller and a bunch of bad, a bunch of really, really bad. And then you flip over to defense. Okay, so they got Max Crosby. They had some rush, pass rush on the other side. They have they tried to shore up the you know defensive back room a little bit. They tried to make some moves at linebacker last year that you know panned out a little bit for them last year. So like there's some guys that you want to hang your hat on there, but then you start to look. Okay, Jonathan Abrams still going to start. Rocky Sin's been okay for the Colts. He's coming over. Like it's not a great guy. It's like there's just serious holes on every on every level or every side of the ball to go along with the high end pieces. So it's just a very very inconsistent roster. And I think when you're dealing as we're going to get to next with a first year coaching staff, having an inconsistent roster with so many peaks and so many valleys is probably not the best way to go about it. But I am intrigued if this offensive line starts to gel a little bit, I think that would go a long way in making this roster look better. If they get improvement from Alex Leatherwood, Denzel Good, you know, Andre James, guys like this that are making up that offensive line. I think that makes the overall ceiling of this roster a lot higher. But if they play anywhere close to what they did last year, and then same with some of the guys on defense, I just see the bad being too bad for the good to really get a shine. Boy, that's a that's confusing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's 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 fascinating. It's like an, I'll leave I, the I, show and let you do it solo. <laughs> I I it's fascinating. Like this this whole roster construction is fascinating like you know they've they've made some moves here and there like they've made some big swings to acquire some guys they've traded away some pieces like trading yannick and gakwe and yeah like chandler jones is there and and max crosby crosby is there they made sure to, to secure the the services of max crosby on a big deal um so it's weird because like you know this is a roster that's you know entering a new era you know the the john Gruden era is over and they made it a point to secure some of these, you know, key pieces that were, you know, acquired by by the John Gruden 
uh, you know, kind of era. Max Crosby gets a deal. Hunter Renfro gets a deal. Um, Derek Carr gets a deal. Uh, it's and so you know they've made some investments in some of these guys that are part of an older regime. Um, they've they've added their you know the roster constructions kind of got their own stamps obviously with a, with a guy like Devontae Adams. So um, I'm I, it, I'm just fascinated by by this. Like, what are they? Are they making a run for? Are they, is this a roster that they're trying to, you know, really, you know, contend with immediately? Is this a roster that they're kind of, you know, trying to make some slow turnover to? Like, I, I think it's a win now roster, but it's also they, they might have made a few decisions that I would have, you know, maybe done a little bit differently. I think it um, kind of has to win now, though. Like you're talking about trading for Devonte Adams, right. who isn't young, signing Chandler Jones, who isn't young. You're getting rid of all of your early draft capital in that trade for Adams, like. They definitely have positioned themselves to win now, but I do agree there is some like more long-term stuff at play here. They didn't shore up enough of the holes with short-term answers, and they didn't really have the opportunity to address them in the draft because they traded away so many picks. Um, I have a, a new segment I'm going to add because Craig's not here, so I'm adding a segment to buy time because that's oh, what no. we're absolutely going to need. No, we're not. You, no, no, no. Anytime you, this show has two people, <laughs> we're going. we go over an hour. Okay, so you have to add one player from the Kansas City Chiefs roster to the Las Vegas Raiders roster to make them the best it can be. Who's that one player? And it can't be Patrick Mahomes. One uh, non-Patrick Mahomes player that it would improve the the one Chiefs non-Patrick Mahomes player that would improve the Raiders roster the most would be. Ooh, this is a position. I'm so tempted right now <laughs> to go with like a guard. I what about a this? center? I'll go no. I'll go Orlando. I'll go Orlando Brown to play right tackle. Oh, ignoring his wishes, very Raider like of you. You know what? This stupid you know scenario that I have to draw up. I'm gonna say I'll say Orlando Brown to play right tackle, secure the the bookends. No, I think going with the guard. That's a, that's a good move. I understand adding some offensive line help, but for me, um, I'm surprised you didn't go this route. I'm putting Justin Reed on this Raiders team simply because that gets Jonathan Abram off the field. By himself. <laughs> wins them at least three more games a year just by not having Jonathan Abram getting too small by Daryl Williams in the end zone, I think. So I think that's the easy easy money choice here. I think that might be a good representation of why this roster is so weird back to this. It's just <laughs> going full circle. They make sure to secure like every they secure like every late round pick um <laughs> From the from the John Gruders, Max, Max Crosby, uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, but then Jonathan Abram, uh, Josh Jacobs, and uh, what's uh, what's his name? The uh, Clellan Farrell, the three first round picks that they had in one season, they all declined the option on all of them. And I just what a like so it's like they're ascribing blame to the the past. But also like signing the past. It's bizarre. It's a uh, weird, it's just it's it's weird there. And you know, uh, but it's a new staff uh handling this team. So what do you think of the quality of the Las Vegas Raiders staff? I think it is very good for not just like the NFL, but for him, everybody involved that Josh McDaniels is getting another chance. Um, I think he was young when he got the Denver Broncos job. He clearly made mistakes, massive mistakes. He knows he did. He spoke about it. He stuck with the pa one. He went back to the Patriots and had crazy success. Right. And you can tell if you start to parse away 
things that Bill Belichick says, things that Tom Brady has said, that he definitely played a role in a lot of what they did. He was not a product, purely a product of the New England system. Will his coaching way work in Las Vegas? I don't know. Has he grown enough to succeed? I don't know. But he's clearly a very smart football mind. I think him getting another chance is good. I think a team going out to hire him is good. Should that team have been the Raiders? Ooh, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of lack of stability with the Raiders to take on a coach that is now coming up after a disastrous first stint as a head coach on his second and potential final try. That's a lot of pressure on him to make it work in a non-perfect situation. So like I definitely watching that and like how things might boil over that said. They have given Josh McDaniels enough talent on offense that I think he's going to at least field a very competent, if not good offense, even with Derek Carr at quarterback. I think he is good enough to do that. Him and Nick Lombardi will come away with something good enough to, you know, at least be capable on that side of the ball. I think it's all the matter of how that defense will come together under Patrick Graham, what it'll all finally look like. But I do think McDaniels earned another chance. I don't know if I love the marriage with the Raiders, though. Uh, I think the good news for McDaniels and like, I know this isn't necessarily all just, you know, the coaching staff, but like, he's got consistency within the organization, like the infrastructure, Dave Ziegler is his guy. And so there's continuity, um, from that perspective, which I think is super valuable for the experiment of Josh McDaniels out on his own. And so I think it's, you know, there's, there's a lot to like about Josh McDaniels, the G, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, the play caller, um, you know, that he had some success that just fizzled out, you know, a little bit with Denver. Um, but I, I think it's, it's a situation that there's continuity and that's extremely valuable starting with the head coach, I think is always, it's, it's kind of smart too. Uh, I think, I think the coach kind of having more involvement with the GM rather than vice versa is a better strategy. And Josh McDaniels has that. Um, what do you? All right. So um, new additions to the roster, Matthew. I, I'm gonna. There's a lot of low hanging fruit, and that's really all there is. I think. I don't know if there's like a sneaky one here. So I'm gonna go Devonte Adams. Um, for this simple fact, I I think he's the best wide receiver in football, and if not, he's a one A to probably Tyree kills one B. Um, and so when I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, will Derek Carr, will he be willing to force feed Devontae Adams the same amount of volume that Aaron Rodgers was? Will he be willing to say, oh, on this play, Devontae Adams should be double teamed. I still trust him or trust myself to beat that double team on this play and give him the football when he should probably get it. Or will Derek Carr kind of revert to his normal self, be a little bit more risk adverse and take chuckdowns, thus not using Devontae Adams to his full potential? I'm curious how that marriage works. I know it obviously worked very well in college for those two players. I have a connection. They're both Derek Carr is competent when things are going well, if not good when things are going very well. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL. It very much could work, but I could also see Devontae Adams taking a pretty big step back, especially when you look at it. A lot of where Devontae Adams wins is going to be in the same types of play calls where Hunter Renfro also wins. Not that Devontae Adams can't do more, but they're both going to be more possession guys that are working short to intermediate rather than just vertical plays. Like obviously Adams will work on the outside 
Rinfer will be kind of out of the slot, but they're going to be both be looking for the third and four target. They're both going to be working for first and 10 targets. They're not really the guy stretching the field vertically. It's like how much they step on each other's toes. Then you throw in Darren Waller. I think there's a lot of potential for Devontae Adams to be a little upset at his role with this team. So I'm going to go uh, with Chandler Jones, uh, one of the pass rushers that, you know, these aging pass rushers that, you know, signed and uh, a couple of teams kind of in the AFC, you know, looking to, looking to add some of these aging pass rushers to try to load up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Kind of sounds like the Chiefs might have been interested a little bit in Chandler Jones as well by some of the earlier reports. There were some connections to him early in the process. It's kind of fizzled out over time. But, you know, Chandler Jones got a very sizable contract from the Las Vegas Raiders. and I mean, his what's interesting for him is he had five sacks in the first game. Sacks are not the only stat. And Chandler Jones played very well last year. But it's interesting. He had five sacks in the first game and finished the season with 10 and a half. Uh, the last 16 games was only able to muster five and a half, um, you know, takedowns of the quarterback. So um, he got still paid handsomely and he should have. And I would have very much, I was very much interested in a guy like Chandler Jones. So um but yeah he's the guy to watch uh as as a you know pax rusher across max crosby that's a nice little duo there um the duos being built in the afc west to try to stop patrick mahomes try to get home with as many or as few of bodies as possible uh it continues to be a trend and the raiders definitely continue to load up on that uh all right players to watch i'm gonna let you go first because i i got i got a maddie answer that's like a group of players so i'm gonna let you go first you're just gonna like list the whole defense. So the Raiders defense is the player. No, your turn. Uh, give me uh, give me Trayvon Morig. All right, um, Tucker, I'm gonna need you to cut that out. We're gonna go with me first. No, I'm, I'm kidding. gonna go, go Trayvon Morig. That was no look. Uh, I think he put together a really solid first year in the National Football League, and he's a guy that um that can make plays in the back end of that secondary. I think he might wind up being, I think he is the best player in their secondary already. And I'm a big fan of, I mean, we were a big fan of him coming out the range, the ball skills, instincts, toughness, all those things are present in Trevon Moore's game and they translated. So I think he put together an outstanding first year. And unfortunately the chiefs are going to have to deal with that. I think he's what's going to make that secondary go for the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'm going with the Raiders secondary as my player to watch. This is why I tried to like can't go first because it, but it was multiple guys, right? I want to see if Nate Hobbs playing in the slot can replicate his rookie success. Or was this a luxurious need situation where he hit the ground running and he was really, really good by being a product of a day three player that jumped out and really stood out as a good player. And then I want to see, can Trevon, Trayvon Mullen continue to be one of the most underrated corners in the NFL? The Raiders secondary has been such a dumpster fire that I don't think people realize that Trayvon Mullen's actually been pretty good. He's outplayed his second round value. He's been one of their better players in that secondary for a few years. Then you talked about Morig already. We hinted at Jonathan Abram being a problem. And then finally, Rocky Sin coming over from the Colts where he's had some ups and downs. Like he's very clearly been good in specific situations, but I wouldn't say he has lived up to some of that hype that he got during the draft process, but he's still a quality player. How does he adapt to this new system? So like, I'm just intrigued by how that whole unit gels together. I know it's cheating a little bit or a lot bit, but I just like, I think all of those guys play like they're inter not necessarily interchangeable, but they work together to make an entire unit. And I think there's question marks with every single one of them. So I'm just excited to see, you're not excited, but like interested to see how it works. All right. How do how do Las Vegas Raiders beat the Kansas city chiefs, Matthew? 
I, I mean, they, they kick back and rely on some of that star power, right? Like we talked about Devontae Adams, Derek Carr when things go well. So the Chiefs don't get pressure on Derek Carr. The game stays close so they can mix it up and run and pass. They, you know, take the Madden approach of just spamming passes to Devontae Adams or Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro. And the Chiefs might not match up great against all of those guys, given their talent level and just being you know, in the middle of the season here. So they rely on their, their offensive stars. And then on the defensive side, you just get the best version of Max Crosby, the best version of Chandler Jones, maybe somebody on the interior steps up, Jonathan Hankins, Vernon Butler, you know, um, Matthew Butler, a rookie at Tennessee. Somebody steps up to give a little bit of interior pressure. And now all of a sudden the Chiefs or any team can't hold up against that pass rush. Offense doesn't get going. The Raiders can kind of stay out ahead. I think there's enough stars on this team that if they all play really well, the Chiefs don't play their best game. It could get pretty dicey down the stretch. 100%. That's exactly where I would go. Pass rush gets home. Star players stepping up. I mean, Devontae Adams has proven to be one of the best receivers in football. Derek Carr has uh, the ability to, to, to raise his level enough, especially with a guy he trusts like Devontae Adams, who he played with in college. Did you know we played with him in college? Like we're gonna hear that so many times over the next three years, uh, at, at least with the Raiders. Um, okay, so who is the non-Mahomes MVP for the Chiefs? So after talking about this entire Raiders team for this long, there's one like position group that we didn't mention. That's that's the linebackers and even the safeties that we did mention. One of them is a free safety that's sitting 30 yards deep every play because he's afraid of Mahomes. The other one's Jonathan Abram. Like we know how that goes. So Travis Kelsey, like they have nobody, nobody on this roster can defend him. Like, I, I pick Travis Kelsey a lot. I mean, he's really good, but I picked him a lot. But like he kills the Raiders, number one. And number two, go through this roster. Like, pick out a single player on this team that can actually stop him. Like, that's not where the strength of this team lies. So, yeah, this is a common pick for me in these situations. Some of you might call it a bit. Some of you might think it's a joke. It's not. It's not. He just happens to be a great matchup here against the Raiders because, like we said, we've gone this long, and we haven't mentioned a single player besides Jonathan Abram that would be attempting to guard him, and we know he can't do it. I forgot that you lean into this Travis Kelsey, but legit forgot. And then Leaning got reminded what? 20 seconds. You just, it's Travis Kelsey every single week for you. I don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> give me, give me, uh, give me Marcus Valdez Scantling on this one. And I think this is a game. I, I mean, Trevon Murray, very good. Uh, Jonathan Abram susceptible to double moves, susceptible to bad eye discipline. I still think this is a young and or undisciplined enough secondary that you can get some opportunities behind them uh, with some double moves, with some, you know, putting some in conflict a little bit. So I think there's some opportunities to get some explosives down the field if you can hold up long enough. So give me Marcus Valdez scaling down the field. Big play. Maddie. Guess the line on this game. I have it, but guess the line. Um, was this at home or this home? is a home game? This is a home game. Four and a half. You are dead on. Oh, I'm good at these. I've you are pretty good at these. I've been nailing these right now. You are uh you're pretty good at this. Uh yeah, so four yeah. and a half. Good job. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come. Now Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank 
buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave, Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some help, uh, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC, and use promo code KC Sports. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we are continuing our season preview and it is on to week six and perhaps the biggest game of the year. And well, for the Bills. <laughs> it's the Bills. Not for, not for the Chiefs. At home, yeah. At home. at home, the Chiefs play the Bills uh Sunday. It's like the I think uh it's the one game CBS secured and made sure like was not like movable. Like they are holding on to this game. They should because the last time these two teams played, it was the greatest game in NFL history. Like I've I've also heard that like every business in Buffalo has shut down to make this a national holiday. It's when the the Buffalo Bills play the Kansas City Chiefs in Buffalo. It, it's a it's a citywide holiday. It's the biggest day of the year for them, like it was last year when they played in the regular season. Well, yeah, and they are playing again in Arrowhead, the scene of the crime last year in the AFC divisional round. Um, the Bills came up thirteen seconds short, uh, and one Patrick Levon Mahomes short. What's the quality of the hey, roster? Wait, though, hold Maddie? on. Who did he who did he throw to on that really, really big play of that drive? Like, you know, there was a Tyree Kill part, obviously, but like before that, who did the ball go to? Okay. Um, the quality of the Buffalo Bills roster is pretty, pretty good. Um, this is why they are a lot of people's favorites to win the Super Bowl or at least the AFC. A lot of good players across the board. 
one of their biggest holes most of the time has been their cornerback room, their secondary outside of the safeties. Not only did they get Shadavius White back from injury, they finally invested in a real cornerback two across from him after investing in the defensive line for almost year after year before that. Yeah, they lost some players in the wide receiver room, but they come back, they replace those guys. Now you got, you know, it's led by Stefan Diggs. Gabriel Davis looks like he's kind of taken a little bit of a step forward. This could be a year that he could maybe really do that again. Led by Josh Allen. It's a good roster, top to bottom. I actually don't know if you can poke significant holes in this. I think there's some areas that's maybe not to where you're like, oh yeah, that offensive line looks like it should be competing for top five in the NFL, but it's not Las Vegas Raiders bad that it's going to sink this team. So I think overall, very good roster. Chiefs keep coming across these in their schedule. I, In totality, if you look at totality, I don't know if there's a better roster in the NFL. Like Josh Allen's a dog. He's the second best quarterback in the NFL. I I think extremely highly of him. And you look at the last performance he put on the board, you know, put on the board uh, against the chiefs was, was outstanding. And I, you know, I think he's continuing to get better. Um, I think this is a very complete, like I, I almost like work with me for a second, Maddie. I work almost- with I look at the Bills as it's like if if the Colts got it right at quarterback. Like they just they've drafted really well. They've added really quality pieces. They've been a little bit more aggressive with some of their free agents like Stefan Diggs, but in like now Von Miller, but like even I mean the Colts finally made some big swings too. Like they made big swings at defensive tackle, but they got the quarterback position right. They have really quality depth. They have really quality players. They have some young ascending talent. They've done, I think they've done a great job building some swings at the defensive end position. Like Greg Rousseau, Bush, Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa. Like not all of those guys are going to hit, but they've given themselves some really quality swings there. I think there's depth along the defensive line. I think there's depth along this team. And I just I you can't find a lot of holes to poke. And then when you take all of that into consideration in totality with Josh Allen being one of the best quarterbacks in the national football league, man, I like the long-term health of this football team, the short-term health of this football team. This is undoubtedly the number one contender to the Kansas city chiefs. And I get why people are arguing that the bills, this is finally the bills year to actually, you know, pull it off. They're not as cowardly as the Colts. I, I can't sign off on that. I'm not comp. They're just not as cowardly. Um, I just, it's it's not, it's not an apples to apples comparison. Right. Like I, I understand, like I understand, you know, where some of the pitfalls are with the argument, but I mean, I, they've done it such as they've been sound and disciplined over the last five years. And that's why they're in the position that they're in on top of, Hey, they were in a position to draft the quarterback. They actually did it. They pulled it off. They developed him. They built around him. They did some really good stuff. You know, but no chance the Bills build their team around an offensive guard taken in the top five and a running back. Just sure. No chance. Uh, <laughs> no chance. Which goes to the coaching but, staff who but, I want to no, give. But oh, the okay, Bills sorry. have the Bills have not ignored the running back position with early draft capital. No, they have not. They have spent plenty of draft capital in the running back position too. So they, that is De- true. But Devin my- they spent they've spent two thirds in a second round pick. On running back. But they haven't taken a guard with the top five pick. <laughs> made him the poster boy of their offense. But that goes to credit to Sean McDermott 
and this coaching staff, they realize that it is the year 2022. You do not win football games by running behind your left guard. So instead, you get a quarterback, you get some tackles, you get some pass catchers, you get pass rushers, and you go after the quarterback. You don't try to cheap out on pass rusher or quarterback or wide receiver. This is what separates them from the Colts. Um, Sean McDermott, very good coach. I don't know if he's my favorite coach in the NFL or top five in terms of situational coaching. I think the last two times the Chiefs have gone up against the Bills in the playoffs, he has made situational coaching errors, and they have come relatively routinely. Um, so I do think there is some stuff to work out there with his coaching staff, like from his coaching standpoint, very good in the offseason, very good week to week. Within the game, I don't know if he's got that top-tier uh, stranglehold just on the game flow and what to do at every moment. And so that doesn't mean he's a bad coach. I think he's a really good coach. I just think he he is prone to make errors within the game. The big one, I'm going to save most of you know this one for Kent because I don't. I, hopefully, he's on top of this. The Bills have lost, you know, they're, Ken Dorsey's their offensive coordinator now. Like, we're going to see kind of what this starts to look like a little bit for them. Like, how is this going to look at, look now that it's changing? What's this overhaul going to look like? Is there going to be much of a change? Is he ready to be the offensive coordinator for a defensive-minded head coach? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that because we haven't seen it yet. But he is stepping into big shoes for, you know, Matt Dable, who had been very, very good in that role. Is he ready for that or is he not? Brian Dable was outstanding and he did a great job developing um, developing Josh Allen. He was a big pivotal role in developing Josh Allen. And one of the values Bills have been able to show here is the continuity that they've had on their staff over the course of you know the last few years. I think that's been very valuable for this football team. Uh, Ken Dorsey actually kind of still provides some continuity because he's been with Josh Allen um you know in, in for for the last few years in, in developing him as the quarterback coach um and you know we're, you know what we're not talking about you know who the new quarterback coaches joe brady who got who got did dirty by matt rule in carolina that is a monstrous addition joe joe brady can call a game i i don't care i he got dealt a lot of crap to deal with but that man was had that LSU offense with all the talent in the world. Shut up, Maddie. I got it. Humming. <laughs> I love Joe Brady still. I have no doubt that, like, especially as a quarterback coach, I think that like Joe Brady and Ken Dorsey together, um, a couple guys, um, a couple really good minds, still continuity for Josh Allen. Like, I still, you know, I don't think that I don't think the landing is going to be a. It's going to be a very soft landing from the Brian Dayball era, um, for 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 josh allen uh, i genuinely believe that i find it really intriguing that joe brady thought that this was like his best fast track back to a new job going to the buffalo bills that have a quarterback who's clearly ascending who's kind of already hit a peak that getting a higher peak doesn't seem that achievable and that's not a knock on josh allen it's just like there's not much more room to go up you're jumping in line behind another young first time offensive coordinator. So there's not like you're not expecting Dorsey to get, you know, a new job immediately after taking this first time offensive coordinator job. So just where does he see his progression jumping into this exact job? I thought, I thought that was, it's a great hire 
for them. I think I agree with you. I think it's a great hire. Just I thought that was interesting. Not go latch on to a rising or a younger quarterback if there was an available job for that or somebody that had been struggling so that he could help the turnaround to propel his own career. It's like I just it seems really hard in this situation to see Joe Brady be like, oh, let's go poach the Buffalo Bills QB coach now because he helped Josh Allen go from. MVP candidate to MVP candidate or even MVP winner. It's just like there's not a way to prove how good he was there. So that was a great hire for them. Just interesting choice. You know, it could also it could also work on the flip side because there's not an established offensive coordinator that maybe he feels like he can create some level of mystery on his influence on it too. You know, like there's there could be questions about you know the influence and like is and there if, that much room for it to get better though? Like that's that's my thing is like how fair. much better can it get from what it's been? I, I don't know. It's, maybe it does work out. It's just like, it's it's interesting to see the vision right now. Joe Brady wasn't the only new addition to the Buffalo Bills. There's plenty on the field too. Maddie, give me a new addition. I, I, the addition of this transition should be my pick here. That was fantastic. Um, I'm going to go with a, a sneaky weird one. Uh, OJ Howard, tight end. Since Rob Gronkowski showed up to Tampa, his role there diminished. He dropped from like, you know, averaging just under 500 receiving yards a year to like 120 receiving yards a year. But here's an offense that struggled for a long time to figure out how to use a tight end. Finally, last year, Dawson Knox started getting it going a little bit. They started understanding how to use him and how to use that position within this offense with Josh Allen and how to make it work. Now they're going to add in a second tight end, OJ Howard, for a team that found that going heavy going with heavier personnel later in the year using the fullback Reggie Gilliam that they had found success. What happens now when you replace him with OJ Howard, a more athletic player that's a capable blocker? It's just, I think that's a really good addition for them when they want to go with heavier personnel that still keeps at least four pass quality pass catchers on the field. So like, I'm highly intrigued to see what this offense does. We just got done talking about how this offense could get better, where it might look better. I think he's could be a little bit of a secret weapon. If you get him back to, you know, his 2018 form where he averages as a tight end to 400, 500 yards, you know, has a hundred yard game and they're like, that's a big deal for them. So I, I'm highly intrigued to see what he can do in this new offense and if it changes how they run things a little bit because they have two capable tight ends. I absolutely love that call. I think that's a I think that's I think that's a great route to go. And OJ Howard, like I'm look I he he played 17 games for the first time in his career. Played 16 games. Well, I mean, everybody played 17 games for the first time in their career last year, but he hadn't broke 14 games. Uh, in any of the four years prior to that. And, you know, it's kind of hard to build the trust of Tom Brady. And if other guys are building the trust of Tom Brady, like there's enough circumstances there where like you still believe in the talent. Like he's just, a, I think this is a very talented football player. The pressure's not on him in some giant capacity because they still have Dawson Knox there. I love that idea. I think that's a, I think that's a great call. Um, I'll, I'll take the low hanging fruit because we're continuing to talk about these teams grabbing aging pass rushers. Von Miller is the aging pass rusher that the Bills have went to acquire all these guys over 30 teams loading up um, to try to, you know, try to stop the Chiefs. A lot of this is is chief centric. And um, Ed Oliver is the guy that you're hoping is providing that interior pressure. And, you know, Von Miller is the stability at the edge position that this team needs. We talked a little bit about some of these young pass rushers that this team has added. The Greg Rousseau's, the Boogie Basham's, the AJ Epinesa's, you know, they're, they're swinging early on pass rushers to try to identify some guys. And I mean, I think Greg Russo showed some promise last year um, and the pressure's off these guys a little bit now because Von Miller is in the mix 
Uh, they don't have to, you know, they don't have to make the giant leap to improve the pass rush for this football team. Von Miller is the guy in the mix now uh, to kind of help provide some consistency there. So that's the new addition for me. Players to watch, Matthew. Uh, it's a guy I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Gabriel Davis. I think he, mm. uh, Chiefs fans' lasting impression of him is yikes, um, as he's still beating Mike Hughes on corner post routes over the middle. Mike of the Hughes hasn't got up yet. <laughs> So uh, that's that was XT, XUCF night on XUCF night action right there. Um, so I he is poised to have a big step. They've got rid of Emmanuel Sanders. They got rid of some guys ahead of him in terms of the target share list. They've added some other players. You know, they added Jamison Crowder. They drafted Khalil Shakir. They added some other players, but and OJ Howard, who I mentioned. But I don't know if anyone's poised to take that wide receiver to roll or target share away from him right now. So I think he uh, playing opposite of Stefan Diggs on the outside, being the bigger wide receiver, the vertical threat wide receiver as well. He's in a position to have that full on breakout year stacking on top of his last game against the chiefs in the playoffs where he put up insane stats. I'm intrigued to see what this does for him. He was a guy that coming out of college was a little, I don't want to say like sloppy, but inconsistent with what he did. He essentially won by being big and fast, and that's translated to the NFL, but he's also gotten a lot better with his technique. So if that continues, he could be a real problem in the NFL for years to come. He could earn himself a really good payday after this season if he had, you know, continues to progress. So he's a guy I got my eye on, not only for how good it makes the bills if he pans out, but like, he could be a free agent here pretty soon. And the Chiefs have not signed into a lot of guys long-term at the wide receiver position. So he's a guy worth keeping your eye on in the future. Now, right now, he's still two years away, I think, from being a free agent, but he's a guy that could be trending in that direction. I, uh, you know, I, I go back to the 2022 NFL draft and the Chiefs were able to trade up to acquire a cornerback by the name of Trent McGuffey. And there was some footage and some behind-the-scenes film of, the, the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, move, making their move maybe to, to, to acquire a cornerback of their own after the Chiefs had se selected Trent McGuffey with uh, the New England Patriots pick, who just so happens to be a rival, uh, a divisional rival of the, uh, of the Buffalo Bills. It didn't seem like the Bills were too happy that the Chiefs, you know, with the selection they were making, not that they weren't enthused by Kyrie who's a good player, but it kind of feels like the Chiefs were able to snipe Trent McDuffie from the Buffalo Bills, and they had to settle for their consolation, Kyrie Elam. Kyrie Elam is my player to watch. I'm going to be closely monitoring whether or not it's just, just whether or not it's like pure speculation. I am going to be watching Kyrie Elam versus Trent McDuffie for the next five years very closely, just out of curiosity. Kyrie Elam is a very good player. I think Trent McDuffie is a more well-rounded player with a more well-rounded skill set. But Kyrie Elam is still a good football player. Um, he is the I mean, there, people are hoping, you know, that he can, you know, hold up well alongside Trey Davius White because the problem for the Bills a lot of times has been the cornerback opposite Trey Davius White. Kyrie Elam is going to get an opportunity to be that guy, be the consistent anchor there across from him. I'm watching Kyrie Elam and I'm kind of watching him versus Trent McDuffie. How does this team beat the Chiefs, Matthew? Every week we've had one of these, they go out and they play a good Buffalo Bills game, and that puts them right on par with the Chiefs. You know, a, a Bills A-plus game very much competes with a Chiefs A-plus game. And at this point in time of the year, you know, you're hoping the Chiefs are gelling a little bit. So you're hoping their A-plus game here in what, week six is a lot better than in week two. But 
it's the end of the day, the Bills are a very good football team. They play their best. The Chiefs play their best. We're talking a game that comes down to the final 13 seconds again. And, you know, I you can obviously point out that wasn't the Chiefs their best. I don't think it was the Bills at their best on both sides of the ball. So you're dealing with a dead even, a coin flip type of game here. If they are to <laughs> I beat the see Chiefs, what you did there. If they are to beat the Chiefs, it's Josh Allen outplays Patrick Mahomes, and he does it for the entire 60 minutes. It can't stop short. We know how that works. It's the entire 60 minutes. He is a better player than Patrick Mahomes. This is one of those games that, you know, I could easily see the Chiefs getting up for very much because of what happened last year in the regular season. Maybe the Chiefs won't be in a slump here or whatever it may be. Like, we'll see. But, like, this is a game that I think Josh Allen will have to outplay, directly outplay Patrick Mahomes. Everything else around these two guys is kind of uh, – Chess pieces, they're interchangeable. Things can be moved around. They can make up for mistakes. Those two, it's who plays better between those two. Josh Allen wins. The Bills probably win. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to continue to go down to the, the quarterback duel. Um, and I I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes, like the, 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 the story arc with the Bills and the Chiefs is fascinating because the Chiefs beat the brakes off of them in the AFC Championship game two years ago. And the Bills used that as motivation. And they came back and they mollywhopped the Chiefs at home early in the season. And then the Chiefs and the Bills matched up again in the AFC Divisional round. And the Chiefs got them again. 13 seconds left. Ripped their hearts out from them again. There's like, like yeah, sure. I'm sure the Bills are going to be motivated and hurt by the past. But this is the same cycle. Like the cycle, like it's going to feel different this time around for them. But I think it's probably, but I, to your point, Maddie, I think this is different for the Chiefs this time around too. Because, I mean, I, it just feels like, it feels like until until Josh Allen actually does it, it's just going to, like, he's going to remain little brother. Because that's what he is right now. The Chiefs have owned the Bills largely outside of one game. And big brother continues to come out on top, and it doesn't matter if you give him the slightest crack. Josh Allen, the way that they win is Josh Allen leaves no doubt that week. They just they they just leave no doubt like they did in the regular season last year. Because I mean you can't. You you have to kill Mahomes 10 times in a game before it's over. And that's just the nature of the beast. Uh okay, so hold on. One more thing. We got to do the which non-Mahomes player would you give to the Bills to give them the better roster? Do you do you happen to have one? Um, non-Mahomes player to give to the Bills to give them a better roster. I'd still probably probably just I'd probably just go Travis Kelsey. I mm. mean, Dawson Knox is good and jo- Dawson Knox is awesome. Doesn't mean you you have to take Dawson Knox off the field either. But yeah. I think you give you give you give Josh Allen a safety blanket like Travis Kelsey who can X line up X like that's a no brainer to me. Uh, yeah, I would give them um. Uh, how do we go this trip McDuffie because that's who they wanted in the draft get Kyrie Lam out of there give them the better <laughs> corner and trip McDuffie that would play incredibly well in that system they Brandon Bean clearly clearly wanted him that's who would make them a better team also Joe Tooney uh to play over Roger Saffold would be great last year they had John Feliciano he handled some of the leadership stuff on that offensive line, especially when Mitch Morse was out, giving them a leader like Tooney that's also a better guard than Saffold and more reliable, I think would be very good for them. That's like one of their few question marks is kind of that interior offensive line, or I guess 
they're not bad. It's just not great compared to a lot of the rest of the roster. Tooney would make them better, but you know, I like the Trent McDuffie just to slander the other team to keep this consistent. Maddie, I don't even want to ask you this question. Why? Who's the Chiefs non-Mahomes MVP? Well, this this one's difficult because Matt Milano's the X factor. You know, when Matt Milano plays, he's gonna shut down Travis Kelsey. That was that was the narrative, and it didn't work. So whether Matt Milano's out there or not, Travis Kelsey is going to go off again on the Buffalo Bills and be the Chiefs non-Patrick Mahomes MVP. Seven seconds, 13 seconds, 60 minutes. It doesn't matter. Matt Milano and company will not slow down Travis Kelsey assuming his neck is not hurt by Poyer on a big hit over the middle of the field beforehand. You just got done talking about the interior offensive line. Chris Jones is a guy that can wreck the interior of an offensive line. I think Chris Jones's presence has to be felt in that game, but it's got to be with some level of discipline too, because you know, you want to do a little bit more contain rush. It's a slow march to the quarterback. You know, Chris Jones can't get out of his lanes too much. He's got to stay a little bit disciplined. He's got to be secure at the point, uh, at the point of contact. So I'm going to go with Chris Jones and a little bit of discipline. Guess the line on this game, Matthew. This is pick a home em. game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Pick them. Straight up pick them. It is Buffalo minus one and a half. Wow. So if that was on a neutral side, they would have the Bills by over a field goal? No, it'd Ooh. be a point and a half. This home team gets three points. Right, 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 right. What, you said the Bills were favored, right? The favored by a point and a half. So on a neutral, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my bad. I did the yeah. math the other way. Yeah, yeah. Right. They would be over a field goal favorite. Like, whew, that is bold. I thought I was no. being a little risky with saying the Chiefs at home would be a pick'em. So, whew, missed very, out. very high opinions of the Buffalo Bills. Good football team. Mm. Very, very good football team. Mm, that is Trent McDuffie though. <laughs> That's gonna do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you later. <laughs>